Welcome to the Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott, and with me today are Steph Moss. Hi, guys. And Ashley. Hi. Um, for this podcast, we're not using Ashley's last name. You know what it is. Or you don't, <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine, too. Um, hope uh, Ashley's been on the podcast before, and I know a number of you know her, but I'm excited to get to talk a little bit about what the Lord's been doing in your life, Ashley, and things that are coming up. Um, before we dive into that, how are you doing, Steph Moss? I'm great. Yeah? Yeah. Good Kid, Sunday? It was a great Sunday. Uh, love the weather. Love the sermon. Yeah. My kid's coming off a week home at school. <laughs> school <laughs> so you're got ready, closed. Ready, ready to send them back to school? <laughs> We're waiting to find out. Can the school back in session tomorrow? Yeah. It's back in. I hope so. <laughs> no, no, it's back in. You know, okay. they could do that like uh, last 3 p.m. We're not, oh we're not coming gosh. back tomorrow. <laughs> I haven't even. <laughs> Considered that? I haven't even entertained the thought. Just because I, well, for lots of reasons. For lots of reasons. For lots of, I have not even entertained the thought. So. <laughs> but you're also, if people don't know this already about Pastor Scott, he's quite the optimist. So he's like, well, of course we're going back. Of course. So I love it. Like 5 p.m. tonight when we get the email from the school, I'll be like, <laughs> Told you so. <laughs> Does my optimism annoy you? No. I feel like sometimes it frustrates you. Maybe not annoy you. Maybe it just frustrates you. You're like, no, this is a real problem. You can't be optimistic <laughs> about everything. I think I like to prepare for both angles. And so okay. then sometimes your optimism will be like, we're just going to plan for the optimistic outcome. I'm like, and the unoptimist or the, I'm like, the no, other it's outcome. Gonna work out. Yeah, okay. This is... Uh, Famous last words. I, I, I have eaten my words oh. multiple times when the last thing that has come out of my mouth is, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I, come on, Steph. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. So I, I, as most of you know, and just by way of introduction, if you're newer to the church or the podcast, Steph works here on staff as our operations of staff and I'm sorry, our director of <laughs> operations and staff. Um, she also helps facilitate our global ministry partnerships and has done that even before she was on staff uh, for a number of years. And so that she serves our church in a number of different ways. And it's a huge blessing, including preparing for the unoptimistic <laughs> outcomes. That's what, that's what we're not talking about on the podcast. Either, though. We that's have, not we have what we're talking of, about. Yes, yeah, so we have a very good thing to talk about. Today. That's right. So we were here as part of our global ministry to talk with Ashley, who is heading overseas for uh, a two-year stint at least, right? Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the original commitment Yeah, to the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And wanted to hear a little bit um, yeah, from you, Ashley, just about how that came about and um, what, what drew you to wanting to, well, first of all, for those that don't know you, <laughs> why don't we start there? Where, where are you from? Um, I'm mostly from Northern California. Most, mostly. Yeah. Okay. We're all from lots of places, so that's fine. <laughs> mostly from Northern California. And what brought you to LA? School. UCLA. School. Okay. Go Bruins. That's right. Got some cheers. UCLA um, optimism. <laughs> Is that where you got it? Maybe. Except I didn't go to UCLA. Uh. I just, just by osmosis. Um, and uh, the, so that brought you down. How, how long have you been uh, part of Cornerstone now? Uh. Like two and a half years. Two and a half years. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, it feels like longer than that, but it well, okay. The last the last two years. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Hard to measure. Yeah, the last two years feel like longer. Pretty much, period. Um, it's interesting to know though that you've only been here two and a half years, 
And two of those years have been COVID years. And yeah. yet I see you as somebody who's so deeply connected to this church. Like, so bravo for how God has like used that and had you connected to people even through kind of a year of feeling disconnected, I guess. I think it's Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Josh is the connector. Yeah, that's true. He does have a gift. Josh is your brother in case you guys are yeah. like, who's Josh? Yeah. yeah. And he's very personable and yes. quite a connector. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think you're pretty personable yourself. Thanks. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. So what, so we were talking about this, um, this women you've made, we're sending you out to um, serve overseas. You're leaving in March? March 7th. March yep. 7th. And what, <clears throat> sort of backtrack a little bit, maybe share with us a little bit of your story. What, what was it that led you to an interest in global missions in the first place, or at least serving mm -hmm. the church overseas in the first place. Yeah. Um, well, I had been in school for about two years and I was studying international relations. And at the time I was thinking about probably doing the Peace Corps or something like that after I graduated and maybe um, going and working like in foreign affairs for State Department or something like that. Um, so I was kind of in the realm already of like living abroad, doing something international or cross-cultural work, but I wasn't really thinking about ministry um, or my faith too much at that time. Mm. Um, but I went and studied abroad in Ghana at the end of my sophomore year of college. And um, while I was there, just had um, this kind of crisis of faith experience um, that really at the end of that really just came to take uh that's i would say that's probably when i became a christian but definitely when i started to take my faith very seriously mm. um and just had a much deeper understanding of my sin and of god's holiness and of what those two things meant for me and for other people um and kind of realized for the first time that if like if I don't have God who is the source of anything good or of um you know all of the blessings like that Matt was talking about today all the blessings that we have in Christ then I really have nothing mm -hmm. um and other people also if they don't have Christ then they really have nothing um and that just created a really big burden in me to go and share the gospel with people and share Christ with them. Um, and yeah, I had been, you know, thinking about like the Peace Corps and, you know, things like education and development and clean water, or healthcare, or whatever, things like that. Mm -hmm. But this experience in Ghana helped me to see that like there's so much more. Those things are good, but without Christ, they don't have eternal value. Mm -hmm. And I have something that has eternal value that I can share with people. Um, and so it was really born out of a burden to want to share Christ with people, realizing mm -hmm. that without him, I had nothing. Um, without him, they had nothing. But now I have Christ um, mm -hmm. and I can share that. Um, and yeah, I think that has like that burden has really stayed, but then also grown into this you know, not just wanting to help people avoid like, um, like hell or 
separation from God or something like that. That is part of it, but more so even as I've grown in my faith, seeing how good God is, wanting people then to also see how good he is and to experience like the blessedness of a relationship with God and all the positive aspects as well, not just avoiding the negative things. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, there's a Psalm that I really like. Psalm 34. It's a Psalm that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm. And then also in that Psalm, it says, come magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Um, And I think that that Psalm has just been like the thing continually kind of, echoing in my head, like, come magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Mm. I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good. And my response to that is that I want God to be magnified. Um, I want him to be exalted and I want to bring other people into that worship with me. Mm. So, yeah. I so appreciate that. Resonate with that. It's so um, sweet and powerful and important. And what a, like, what a, what a gift, what a privilege to get to invite people into that and maybe even others who wouldn't otherwise um, hear or know. Now, <clears throat> I think that sometimes when, I, in, in people's heads, sometimes there's a gap between hearing that that desire mm-hmm. or even experiencing that desire themselves and then knowing what does that look like on the ground? Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think it's like, so you get on a plane you go to a different country and you just start like talking to people. Like what, what, you know, what, what is that like? How, how have you, or how has the Lord directed um, that desire to maybe specific or, or what kinds of specific activities or what kind of specific mm-hmm. um, programs, organization are you going to be engaged with? Like, Maybe take this and help us paint us a picture of, of what that actually looks like on on the ground, because I think sometimes that's it's yeah. hard for people to to imagine or see if yeah. they haven't seen it before. Yeah. Um, well, so after I was in Ghana, I I had that like initial like just burden for the loss. That's really what it was at that point, and I had started thinking about missions because it it made sense as like the combination of these kind of interests and skills that God had already given me. And then, um, like, the burden and passion that he had put on my heart. So I was thinking about missions more broadly, but I also was like, well, (laughs) practically, what does that look like? Like, I'm not even, I haven't even, I have two years of college left. Like, (laughs) um, but I went, after my summer, or after being in Ghana, I went to D.C. for a summer. And I had just finished reading this book about Islam, um, and I went and sat down at my internship and next to me the whole summer was this Muslim guy. His name was Ale. And we kind of like developed a friendship and had some pretty long conversations about faith. And that was the first time that I had like really shared my faith with someone out of like a genuine concern and love for them, you know, not just like kind of defensively wanting to solidify my own beliefs, which might have been more what I had done in the past, but like just wanting wanting to love him, wanting him to know Christ um, and the, the fullness of God as he's revealed himself in Christ. Um, and that was also the first time that I had really been friends with a Muslim person and actually got to hear from them firsthand about their faith and what they believed. 
and see their heart in it. Um, and so that was a pretty impactful experience for me, mm. um, just to see that, you know, sharing my faith is something I can do. And I have a boldness to do this that I didn't have before because I actually really believe it now. Um, and like Muslims aren't scary people, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're actually really friendly. And um, I have um, a growing understanding of them from this friendship. And that that was like one thing. And then another friend, like a friend of Josh and I's, um, another Muslim friend that has been more of like an ongoing relationship that we've had and other things just sort of started to shape my heart for Muslim people specifically. Mm. Um, and then I had always found the Middle East interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I got to go to Israel that winter, um, which was a great experience and experienced a little bit of Middle Eastern culture. We went to Palestine for a short period of time. Um, and the Middle East had kind of been the area that I had focused on more with my degree um, in studying international relations. So those two things had kind of um, narrowed my focus a little bit as I was looking at different organizations and like teams that I could join. And then I was really lucky and I found um, an organization, not the organization that I'm going with, but another one um, that works with recent college grads and people like in their 20s to help them find missions teams and placements with those teams that are like suitable for someone early on in their career or just coming out of college. Um, and they helped me to find like a team in the Middle East working with Muslims that, you know, that I had skill sets that I could help with and mm -hmm. just kind of fit in other ways. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so mm -hmm. that's kind of how it got more specific, especially, yeah, like just different providential things that yeah. God put into my life yeah. and then the help of that specific like support organization. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I don't, I have, I want to re reply, but I feel like my, <laughs> my reply is, I don't want to take us off course. I find this so fascinating. I love how you use the word providential, right? So, mm -hmm. There's just way he aligned the, that friendship, you know, next to you that year. And he aligned your boldness before that friendship, right? And mm -hmm. so that you you would have that opportunity and what you studied and everything. And I just think I'm privy to knowing that simultaneously while that was happening, I know that in our church that there was a seeking of a partnership in the Middle East. And so yeah. I just, I don't know, can you? Can I like digress and like yeah. have you share that? I'm no, like, oh, that's sure. amazing that yeah, like, sure. wow, this is happening. God is also working over here. And I would love to like hear the, that side of the story too, because that's so connected or it could be. Maybe yeah. that's working. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it was definitely interesting. So we obviously having a, um, having a Farsi speaking part of our church family have deep connections, roots in uh, the Middle East and have been trying to figure out how to build partnerships and connections in, um, in those areas and particularly among refugees kind of throughout the, the Middle East, um, looking for the right partnerships that fit with our, um, who we are as a church and ones that our philosophy of ministry and ones that we could, um, 
engage with deeply interpersonally and have been praying about that and, and seeking it actually actively seeking it for a few years now. Um, even before all of this, uh, even before I think Ashley, your plans cemented in this way. And, mm-hmm. and so it, 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 in a lot of ways has been a neat, um, Needs none, not, not the great word, but a uh, just an amazing providential uh, coalescing of an answer to prayer, really, to see how the Lord has brought this about. I know that um, you've connected, Ashley, I know with you know a number of people in our the Farsi speaking part of our church family, even both in preparation and in just and just relationally. And I think that's it's really meaningful um, as we think through both how we do that and how we have sent and are preparing to send members from our English speaking family at, at the same time as other members of our Farsi speaking family are moving back to uh, areas of the Middle East that, um, and want, and the Lord wants to use them for these, these same purposes. And so it, it has been just an incredible, it's very clear that the Lord is doing and orchestrating and guiding our church in this and kind of taking us in, in a direction. And, and I'm excited to see how he, yeah, how he continues to develop that. Yeah. Um, so, cool. so as you got connected with this organization, what kind of work are they doing on the ground and mm-hmm. what, what does that look like? I mean, because again, I think even I think for, for a lot of people, they're like, Oh, okay. So you connect with an organization with just like some other people that are like doing stuff to read evangelism or what, you know, like what, what does that look like? What does it look like to connect into particularly in um, Muslim countries, particularly mm-hmm. in the Middle East? What does it look like to be an instrument for the spread of the gospel? Um, what, what, so what's the organization you're have going with and getting connected with? What, what kind of work are they doing? Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the organization that I'm working with has teams uh, like across the world that are all doing different sorts of things. But the team that I'm joining um, specifically works with refugees. So they are, uh, yeah, working with people from all different countries in the Middle East who come to the particular country that I'll be in. Um, and sometimes they're there for a couple weeks they're traveling, you know, sometimes they're there for a couple months or a couple years. Sometimes they're there long-term. Um, and they just, um, you know, refugees are, they're coming from contexts of war and persecution and poverty and oppression in all of its forms. And they come to, you know, these new countries where they, often don't speak the language and um, don't have a lot of resources or connections. Um, and they're just like sojourners, you know, in a foreign land. Um, and God has a really particular heart for people like that who are on the outskirts of society, you know, the mm-hmm. sojourner or the foreigner, um, and who often are coming from places with tremendous spiritual darkness um, where there's really no access to the gospel at all. Um, And so they come and they have a lot of needs. Sometimes they're particularly open because of their situations and 
the like trauma that they've been through and just the way that God can really use those situations to open people up to understanding the gospel and understanding their need for him in the midst of a broken world. Um, and so the team there is just looking to kind of bring light into the darkness that these people have experienced and um, share the gospel with them, reflect Christ to them. Um, and practically, that looks like a lot of different things. Um, there are some like needs-based ministries, compassion ministries, things like that, um, like looking to help people with just kind of getting to a more sustainable like economic situation or helping them find work or um, a more suitable place to live or things like that, or maybe helping them learn English or um, learn some of the language spoken in the country that I'll be in mm. um, or, you know, things like that. They have different um, like support and support programs and resources and things like that available for um, women with young kids or a pregnant women. Um, they have different also like relational ministries. So there's a specific men's ministry um, where they have like a tea house and people go to the tea house and it's a place of community and welcome and sharing the gospel and building relationships. Um, and then like church plants and Bible studies and things like that focused on like more explicitly sharing the gospel and sowing um, spiritual seeds. Um, but in the midst of everything going on, the heart of it is really just very relational ministry coming alongside people, um, trying to meet them with some of the needs that they have, whether those are physical needs or economic needs or spiritual needs. Um, and yeah, sharing Christ with them, being a friend to them all along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so appreciate that because I think it's there's a um, way in which that develops and and programs like that develop or provide the opportunity to develop genuine relationships, mm -hmm. right? Where the the real message of the gospel can both be shown, mm -hmm. can be experienced, can mm -hmm. be shared, um, but it's not simply like a project. It's not simply a, well, I came and I declared it. And so now you heard it. And so, right. It's, it's, it's the intermingling. It's the intentional intermingling of life. It's, uh, for lack of a better term, it's missional hospitality, right? It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's living out missional hospitality in an intentional way for an intentional or for a specific group of people mm -hmm. who, um, <clears throat> particularly are in need of that welcome, yeah. right? Both interpersonally yeah. and, 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 and I, I appreciate, so one of the things I really appreciate about you, Ashley, is both your passion for that, your desire for that, and, and your humility to say, I, but I, I want to go and like do this right. I want to do this genuinely. I want to go and serve. Um, and, and I think that's why you're, even just your placement with an organization like this, that, and a larger team with people that have been there long-term and mm -hmm. there's just mm -hmm. so much, so much, so many opportunities to learn from mm -hmm. so many other people and things like that. So starting out, mm -hmm. right. Just showing up like year one, mm -hmm. you don't like jump into the deep end as, you know, uh, an experienced, um, 
staff member who's been there and, and doing this work for decades. So like, what is, what does entry level look like? Like what, what is it, what are you going to be doing in um, particularly in this first year um, as you participate in those different projects or things like that? Like what, what is your first year there from what you've been told? Mm-hmm. What, what do you envision it looking like? Yeah. So I think this might be a little shorter because I already have um, a decent amount of language under my belt. But generally, like the first six months or so are primarily focused on like language and culture. Yeah. Um, And it's a bit it's a bit unique because working with refugees, there's like probably like five different languages yeah, regularly yeah. being spoken. Um, but I'll be focusing on learning the language of the country that I'll be in. Um, and if I was to stay longer than two years and wanted to really specifically work with a certain people group, then maybe I would learn their language as well. Um, but for now, one at a time. So yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> one extra language at a time. Yeah. Um, I'll, that will be a large part of what I'll be doing first. And then mm-hmm. I'll be doing some ministry things intermingled with that. And then as I get a better grasp of the language, then it'll sort of start to shift from mm. more of a language focus to more of a ministry focus. Mm. But yeah, building that foundation in language and culture is really important for long-term sustainability Absolutely. and effectiveness. So, mm. yeah. Cool. I'm excited about that. I was curious what other preparations to get you to get you sent, right? Ready mm-hmm. to go. Um, have you, I, it sounds like language classes right mm-hmm. before you go, but are there other things um, that you've had to prepare for? Or I know some of like your support raising, things like that, that before yeah. you go. What have you been up to? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lots of things. Um, yeah, I did a couple of months of support raising, just telling people, sharing with them, kind of like what I'm sharing with you now about what I'm going to be doing and just inviting them into it. Um, And then aside from that, I've had a fair bit of training from the organization that I'm going with that has partly been like organization-wide training about ministry and cross-cultural work and um, missions and things like that. And then the other part of it has been specific to the Muslim world. So um, learning more about Islam and like the theological differences between Islam and Christianity or um, some of the, um, like there's Orthodox Islam and then there's Islam as it's actually practiced, which could be very broad and, uh, not very consistent. So learning about some of those things, um, and like Muslim culture and living in the Middle East and sharing the gospel in a context, um, might be a little more hostile, things like that. Mm. So yeah, I've had a lot of that, those kinds of trainings, which at this point have been online. And then next month I have two weeks of in-person training um, to continue some of that, those things. And then I think a big part of that training also is talking about how um, we as, as workers can take care of ourselves and have good spiritual practices and stay healthy while we're on the field. So, yeah. Cool. Also, I uh, Matt gave me some books. <laughs> so I read some of those. Uh-huh. And 
read through a lot of perspectives with Anne Spalding, uh-huh. which uh-huh. was pretty great. So, yeah. 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 I'm so thankful that you guys were able to connect. That was awesome. <laughs> That's, so That's cool. what I love is like there's those little pieces of your story that how God uses the local church. Not everybody here is going to go, right, or be yeah. sent. And yet there are people that God used strategically to connect with you. Um, I love that Anne and you were two perspectives. That's just, she's yeah. incredible. And uh, that, yeah, God used somebody in our midst that's going to help send someone, right? Yeah. And um, that the people that came onto your support team, and they're not going, right? But they are the people here that financially are going to make it able so that you can go and you can serve and work. And for me, that's so beautiful how um, that is part of God's, you know, design with missions and, and spreading the gospel that there is this local church body that yeah. is still very uh, uh, active in in uh, ministry and missions uh, all over the world and locally because you can't go without that support yeah, team. So absolutely. I love that our church stepped up uh-huh. and is supporting you in multiple ways, fi- financial, prayerfully, and um, even in some of the, the cultural and educational uh, yeah. preparation. So that's great. I would say even like the best part of like support raising, there was a practical goal, obviously, yeah. but you're right. Like people were so encouraging throughout that whole process. Mm. And I think that was so much, so much more valuable to me than just like reaching the financial goals that I had. People were just very affirming of the things that I had been thinking about and feeling called to and just you know, praying for me during or after a meeting or offering other practical ways to help or just being encouraging. That was really awesome. Mm. Yeah. Well, so I, I want to talk about that a little bit and I want to, I want to pick your brain. Um, in some ways, like maybe when I ask you this, when we talk in six months or a year, you might even have more, but just Mm -hmm. from where you're so now, I want to pick your brain a little bit about, how we we as a church family can most help be most helpful in sending you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that oftentimes we think um, in terms of of finances practically. Um, I know that you've at this point met all your financial goals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's part. Of, I'm thankful for that, particularly because that's not actually the area I want to emphasize or talk about, not because it's not important, but mm-hmm. I think sometimes we, we think about that, but we, we want to, as a church family, do more than just write checks to partners and make that possible financially, right? But mm-hmm. come alongside and um, help to provide in prayer, in um, relationship, in encouragement, the, the kind of support that makes this um, sustainable and a good experience um, provide you the, the, the support and the undergrounding that you need to, in order to do the work that the Lord's called you to um, what, what can we as a church family do best to send and support you as you leave? Like, do you have any uh, thoughts about that? I mean, I know we, we've talked about it a little bit, but yeah. I'd love just to, to pick your brain about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously prayer is a huge one. Um, anyone that I haven't talked to about this mm-hmm. wants to, I will be, I will have a newsletter mm-hmm. that I'll send out probably once a month um, that will have updates of what I'll be doing. And then also like specific prayer requests. So you could mm-hmm. maybe email Scott or Steph <laughs> <laughs> and then I could put you on that. Yeah. Um, I think something else that I was thinking about is just generally 
developing more and more and more of a heart for missions and just a culture of really caring for people who are working abroad and Mm. doing ministry abroad. I think that just goes a long way, even if that's not like personally directed at me, but just to know that this is something that people are thinking about. This is something that people care about and I'm not alone in it. Mm. I think that is something that came to mind Mm. when I was thinking about that question. Yeah. 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 No, I I appreciate Mm. that. I think that, you know, what's interesting is as you mention it, I think that is probably one of the most encouraging things to uh, a number of our partners. Like when they feel like not only are we in it with them, but that Mm -hmm. we're like personally invested Mm -hmm. in the spread of the gospel to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, Even in LA. Yes, yeah, exactly. Anywhere. Exactly. In the ways things that we're doing in LA and the relationships we have with others. When when it's a, when it's we're all on the same page that this yeah. is a regular part of what we're thinking about, what we're sacrificing for, what we recognize, mm-hmm. why we recognize we're here, mm-hmm. um, then it's, uh, there's a recognition that we're in this together and it's less mm-hmm. lonely because it's not like, oh, well, we're living this life and we're sending you to go live a different life, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But like, no, we're, we're all striving to live this kind of life together in different ways and different yeah. callings and um, want to continue to ask ourselves, Lord, how do you want me to yeah. be a part of the, sp- the spread of your glory and of your good news to uh, the ends of the, the ends of the earth? Yeah. Um, I think the more we can continue to be asking ourselves those questions, it facilitates that kind of, um, mm-hmm. and, and it keeps us praying, right? Mm-hmm. Keeps us and not just praying kind of, generically yeah yeah exactly praying specifically and um intentionally Mm -hmm. wanting to know so that we can continue to pray and be Mm -hmm. we have so many incredible prayer warriors a part of our church family who are just committed to that and and growing in those ranks all of us growing together in that um i appreciate that yeah that's right like you guys have already said it in the sermon series then matt reiterated it again this morning about just how timely this missional hospitality sermon series is. Mm-hmm. And um, when when you shared that, you know, you'd be uh, being sent off, you know, this, this spring, I thought, gosh, that's right around the same time we're doing this sermon series. And um, yeah, I just, I love that you're challenging us to keep that fresh, like that prayer for, for missions and ministry and what that looks like in our hearts and in our lives. And I hope that this is, we haven't sent somebody in like a long time. Yeah. So this is really, I think the fact that it's be, it's now and mm-hmm. during this sermon series is really, um, it's almost like a practical application of, of kind of the sermon series we're going through. And I, I do hope that people, uh, it's kind of a, a re-sparking of that um, understanding of how God uses missions and uh, uses people and... Yeah, I can't wait to just journey with you over the next two years and see see what he does. Okay, so speaking of prayer and speaking of committed prayer, instead of just talking about how we can pray for you, then I, I want to know how we can be praying for you now. So you said March 7th, yeah, right? So six weeks from now is when you're heading oh, yeah. out. When you put in those terms, wow, it's like tomorrow. <laughs> and, and we're going to be and, – and we'll be, you know – praying for you, sending you out in a Sunday service. We'll be updating this and how we can be praying for you during that first season Mm -hmm. there. 
I'd love to know though, how we can specifically as a church family be praying for you over these six weeks. Like in, in this kind of unique moment, um, how can we be committedly praying for you? Yeah. Six weeks. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess, yeah, just starting with that, not to be overwhelmed <laughs> by the fact that it's only six weeks away. Um, I think the, uh, you know, I'm so excited to go, um, but as it gets closer, the reality of the things that I'm leaving behind is also becoming more pertinent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just, um, yeah, not being overwhelmed by those things and continuing to look for it and keep my eyes on Jesus and what's ahead, what he has. Um, and mm, I would also say just being where I am well. Um, mm. I want to look forward to what's to come, but also um, spend these six weeks really well um, with my family and friends and people that I care about and say goodbye well and um, just have a clear, clear space in my mind to do those things well and peacefully, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. You know, it, it makes me think of the fact that sending and the sacrifice of going isn't just a personal sacrifice. There's all sorts of different sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And, and and one of those is both I know the the difficulty and and the challenges for you regarding your family and how close you are as well. I also think of the sacrifice they're making mm-hmm. in this as well. Yeah. How, how can we be how can we be praying for your family? Yeah, it's um, a great question, over these, <laughs> particularly over these weeks. Yeah, thanks for asking that. Um, yeah, I think maybe my mom <laughs> would be the greatest one. Yeah, she her two youngest kids just went off to college this year and she's like home alone by herself with the dogs. <laughs> so yeah, you could pray for her just mm-hmm. that she's, um, um, I don't know, isn't lonely mm-hmm. and doesn't worry too much about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we all communi- continue to communicate well. Um, we've communicated well when I've been in school in LA. So I think we have a good amount of practice being fairly long distance, but I think especially maybe like holidays or things like that would be hard yeah. for her and maybe my siblings too. So, yeah. 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 No, I appreciate that. Definitely be praying for her. Um, what's her name? Tracy. Tracy. Okay. Pray for Tracy. And pray for Josh. And Josh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll miss each other a lot. Yeah. But like, He'll be totally fine. <laughs> he won't. He won't cry a single tear. <laughs> I don't know about that. Really. <laughs> but we'll miss each other. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. This is um, I know. I'll be praying that this is kind of too maybe a little forward thinking, but I hope in a year that uh, some iteration of somebody from here that can go and visit you. Mm. That we would have. Pastor Scott or somebody from the global missions team, just be able to come over and, and be an encouragement to you in a year from now Mm -hmm. when you've, you know, halfway in, uh, I would love for that, those logistics and, you know, if that's ever possible to be able to see you in country would be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah. (laughs) 
We'll try to bring Josh with us. Yeah. <laughs> or Tracy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, and the dogs. <laughs> and the dogs. Oh, my. Uh, awesome. Well, and anything else um, before we wrap up? No? No. Steph? <laughs> I think the only thing I would probably add just for the church to kind of know, I know we use the podcast as an opportunity. We can't always tell you guys everything on a Sunday, right? All those logistics would be, we'd be in the announcement section for like weeks. And so we use the podcast sometimes to give you the ins and outs of how we work and how we're structured. And so I thought maybe just to add that um, when we talk about missions, or if you've heard us do the budget conversation, or you heard us do um, the Christmas partnership offering conversations, we talk about, we have partners, right, on our um that we support relationally, financially, prayerfully. And so um, just to to explicitly state that uh, you, of course, that you are, we've added you on our, our roster mm-hmm. as a, um, a partner. Uh, we have kind of different categories, but you, you know, this is kind of a sending partner. You're one of our members here. We are um, supporting you and sending you and behind you all the way. And so, um, yeah, like even in this upcoming budget year, I'm sure people will see, see your name mm-hmm. on, on that list of people that we support. You're one of our global partners now. Mm-hmm. And so that's exciting uh, that as God continues to provide through the local church, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as people uh, donate to the church, that that money obviously is used for missions. And uh, now you're a, a tangible mm-hmm. part of mm-hmm. that as well. So that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well, can I pray for you now? Please. Wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> Father, Lord, we thank you so much, God, for your kindness to us in the opportunity and ability to know you. God, I think um, just for the three of us here, um, as others listen to this, God, the a reflection on your kindness to us, to know you, to be able to talk to you um, is overwhelming. Um, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to, on top of that, be utilized by you as a means of inviting others to know you, inviting those that otherwise might not know you to experience the the richness of a relationship with you, God, the, the joy of it and the peace that you offer in Christ. And I thank you, Lord, for the privilege it is to even get to be small parts um, of the work that you are doing to bring that message um, to all sorts of corners of our world particularly, Lord, to the Middle East, particularly uh, to those in and coming out of Muslim countries. Um, You have just such an incredible peace and freedom to offer. And um, we praise you for the opportunity to get to be a part of that. And we praise you for the opportunity to get to be a part of it with Ashley, Lord. And we do just pray for her now, that she would not be overwhelmed as uh, her time to to leave comes God, but that she would experience uniquely your peace, that she would uniquely experience the, the, the rest of her soul in you. And that as that, um, as that approaches, you might supernaturally Lord, uh, give her increasing rest, um, in you and an excitement Lord for what you lay ahead for what lies ahead. Um, we, and we do pray for her family, Lord. We pray for her mom. We pray for her siblings. And thank you, Lord, for their sacrifice as well. And pray that you might give them um, peace and comfort in the, um, in the, the, the morning of just even space and time loss there, uh, that you might bring comfort that is even greater 
in you and that you might meet them in that as well and and demonstrating giving us all a vision giving them particularly lord a vision for the privilege of being to to suffer for your sake god and for the sake of your glory in the world we thank you we lift up ashley to you thank you so much for her and it's in jesus name we pray amen amen thank you both thanks steph yeah Thanks, Ashley. Thanks thank for you. sharing with us. And uh, thanks for all the ways the Lord's using you. And thank, thank you for listening. Thanks for being a part of this with us. We love you. And we'll see you on Sunday.